Hey, this is Tyler, one of the hosts of RangerCast. On our show, we talk about Power Rangers and other multi-hued spandex heroes. We've got news, reviews, interviews. We talk about the comics, the games, the toys, and all things more phenomenal. Find us at Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or check us out at rangercast.net. May the power protect you. Hello, everybody, and what an an amazing community day we're going to have here. Uh, Welcome to the first Behind the Mic featuring Lance and Matt from the Anime Lounge. And then we also have a special guest today with us, voice actor William Ofubu. I knew I was going to mess it up. I tried. Um, William Ofubu. There we go. There's our correction. Um, Now, he's provided a lot of voices for a lot of animes that have come out lately. And I'm just going to pass it on to Lance to kind of give you a brief summary of a couple of the ones that he's done lately. Yeah, so William, you've voiced as little as 21 titles in your career, including the Red Masked Criminal, Twisted Kaun from Hell's Paradise. Uh, we got the Eternity Devil from Chainsaw Man, Omasa from One Piece, and Corpse God from Dead Mount Death Play, just to name a few. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All fun ones indeed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fun to watch them all. Thank you so much, William, for joining us today. Uh, super thrilled to have you here talking to us. I know this is something we've been wanting to do for a long time. Appreciate all the time you're, you're giving us to to do this. Thank you. Oh, man. Pleasure is mine, dude. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled just to be invited onto shows like this. So thank you very much, man. Um, could you kind of just tell us about your journey into getting into voice acting and Mm -hmm. like your favorite anime, what kind of inspired you to do all this? Man. Yeah. I can definitely get into that. Uh, let's kick back for a second, maybe get you some coffee or something because it's kind of a story. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) back in the day, um, like so many of us old heads, we were, uh, tuning into Toonami. Uh, in fact, I was just a kid. I would run uphill to get home by like four o'clock to catch the latest episode of Dragon Ball Z. And I mean, that really was my biggest inspiration. Um, just being able to see them and uh, see these heroes made me go, you know, I, I want to be just like one of these heroes or be the villain that everyone can rally against. So, <laughs> um, and that's really what got me interested into um, acting like to begin with. Um, shows like that, uh, DBZ, Sailor Moon, Pokemon, Monster Rancher, Ronin Warriors, and so much more. I thought that they were just the most amazing thing that I had ever seen. And um, at the time, when I realized, oh, you know, that's a job that somebody does, I thought it was in some faraway place that uh, I might not be able to uh, capture or be at. So... I put myself, uh, well, I started practicing just acting with friends, uh, went on into school to do a theater from high school and college. And once I graduated with my associates in theater, I thought, all right, what can I use this for? And uh, I made my resume, put everything about myself on there, went on a, believe it, of all things, believe it or not, Craigslist was at a time a, vi- a viable source for uh, opportunities in the acting world. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I found um, an audition for a commercial on there. 
And I said, all right, let me go ahead and submit. And I actually got the audition. Went and did the audition. It's also a funny story. Um, during the audition, I did this backwards somersault within a, uh, an office. It was all on camera and I accidentally bumped into something. Thankfully, <laughs> nothing broke. <laughs> and the producer was like so enthused. And I ended up getting the part. So my very first audition, I ended up getting my very first part from it. Um, we did it. It was fun. It was awesome. Uh, the producer at the end of that, at the end of that day said, Hey man, you're the only dude that we, you know, contracted that doesn't have an agent. Do you want one? And I said, hell yeah, dog, I want an agent. So <laughs> went ahead, ended up getting signed. And I mean, the rest was history from there. I was traveling up and down Texas, getting to every single audition that I could for commercials, movies, and uh, TV shows. Um, and all the while, folks were telling me, man, you got a great voice. You got a great voice. And uh, I was like, all right, well, I'm going to use it to the best of my ability. And thank you. Uh, eventually, I ended up moving to Los Angeles for a spell. And afterwards, um, I was like, you know what? Every, you know, uh, yeah, disclaimer to anyone who wants to be an actor. Um, a lot of the, well, <laughs> disclaimers that actors of all levels give you are gen generally pretty pretty true and lord knows that i was going through it back then uh so i decided you know what i'm kind of done with on camera let me go chill but if anything i'm going to stick with voice acting and i did and i did stuff uh just for fun i would uh create things with my friends folks that i networked with along the way while i was doing movies and stuff um and i would also help my dad with his business I would create uh, industrial pieces for him. And uh, yeah, I ended up moving back to Texas, uh, started putting out little videos here and there and uh, organizing different uh, different productions and just taking it seriously and uh, getting into workshops, learning more. And now here I am, a uh, dream come true, somehow made a full circle from anime to anime. That's the story of William Ofebu, 2023. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, that's really awesome i mean I, I i find that very fascinating just the way you explain your story and everything like it's really cool to see somebody go from watching what they love to doing something they would love to watch mm -hmm. just to kind of transition to that uh how how was it going from being the fan to voicing that character uh you know it's it's interesting because every like every day that I go to Crunchyroll or go into any studio, I feel very blessed every single time. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. So, like, I recognize that this is opportunity that not long ago I was just yearning for. Just everything in my heart was saying, this is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted. And uh, I'm glad that I've uh, found this part of myself again. Um, I do enjoy watching anime a lot still, uh, as, or as much as I can. Uh, I've got my whole day seems like basically 24 seven every day. Um, but, uh, I love anime. I love manga. Uh, I love the games that come out for these things. Uh, in fact, I even got a Cowboy Bebop board game recently that I'm like really yearning to try with some of my folks out here. Ooh, and, uh, jump in. Sorry. Yeah. This, is it like a Monopoly kind of game or do they have their own specific, style of game yeah it's like um it's some kind of like deck building game where it's like uh there's cards involved and that you can play as a uh, i believe ed spike jet 
or Fey, and at the end, after collecting bounties, you all have to try to take down Vicious. Oh, okay. So I'm a big, me and my wife, we love board games, so this actually sounds a little interesting, so thanks for letting me know about that one. Oh, yeah. In fact, um, I've seen folks uh, selling it at at conventions a few times. Um, I know that you can get it at some bookstores, etc., and uh, yeah, I've been telling some of my boys that they need to come over here and uh, you know get whooped so I can win at this new game. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, awesome. I like it. I'm sorry but, to cut um, you off. Oh yeah, yeah, it's all good, dude. Um, so uh, to get back to your question, I hope I answered correctly too. Uh, I, I still find myself enjoying being both the consumer and someone who's helping produce this stuff. In fact, the most latest one would be with uh, Hell's Paradise. Uh, One of my closest friends, uh, me and him, send each other manga for our birthdays every year. And a few years ago, he sent me the first volume of Hell's Paradise. I read that and I was like, holy, (laughs) this is the greatest thing I've ever read. I love this. And every few months I was getting the volumes until like at some point in the manga, I think the creator wrote like, hey, we just got greenlit for an anime. And I thought, oh, man, I can't believe that. I'm going to live in an age where I get to actually see the Hell's Paradise anime. This is going to be so amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, a little bit further down the road, I'm working with folks and we're wondering where or who's going to produce Hell's Paradise, who's going to direct it, etc. And uh, one day I got that email saying, hey, man, you want to you want to accept this role? And I remember, like, thinking to myself, oh, I would love to voice this character or that character like before that email. But even still, I was just blessed to be able to enjoy the show as a consumer. I'll never let that go. Um, But it's wild to me that I get to enjoy it and help other folks enjoy it too. Um, It's a huge honor all the time, no matter what. So um, yeah, I try to keep the, I try to uh, remember my inner child, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I hope I answered that question. I kind of ramble sometimes, but <laughs> uh, you, you definitely got it. That was a, I enjoyed it. Appreciate you. So with voice acting, it does require a lot of unique skill sets. Can you kind of walk us through the process of you bringing a character to life? Yeah. Um, so really the biggest thing with voice acting is the core of it, acting. That's your foundation. Uh, I believe the years of practice and experience that I've had have really helped me be a great voice actor. Um, that and along with the, uh, I guess, technical savvy, if I may, of uh, understanding what's going on with uh, the engineer, what's going on uh, with the director, what's going on with the actual product, and uh, who is it being marketed to, etc. Uh, when it comes to a character, there are so there's a couple of basic methods that I like to employ most of the time. Uh, one of them would be substitution. And that's where you uh, you kind of you discover what it is that the character is dealing with or going through, um, along with some other factors. And then uh, you put yourself in a position that is as similar as possible. So it's something that you like a lived experience. Uh, and I've had plenty of those. <laughs> um uh, some other things are just basically analyzing what the character's motivations are, who they're talking to, where they're at, uh, what their goal is, and what's the best way to try to achieve it. Uh, really putting yourself uh, in their shoes is the uh, best way to go about it. 
Uh, I'm sure that there are other methods that are much more technical and uh, terms that people will remember for this and that. But uh, as long as uh, you, the talent, has something that works for you, both healthily and effectively, then uh, it's all good in the hood. Awesome. That that just kind of gives us a really in-depth, really thought of how it, particularly you go into when you create your character and how they're going to be. Now, kind mm -hmm. of with that, how far in advance do you get to hear the Japanese version so that you can kind of plan out how you're going to voice that character? Well, that's the interesting thing about anime. Uh, funny enough, you don't. Uh, it's you go in there and they say, all right, so this is the character that you've never seen before in a show that you may or may not be familiar with. And, uh, this is what's going on in this scene and, uh, go for it. Boom. And just like that, you gotta be ready to go. Um, that's the, uh, the foundation of it. Now, uh, nowadays, we are blessed with the internet and streaming. And uh, if someone were so inclined, they could jump on Crunchyroll or Funimation or what have you and watch something in Japanese or whatever other language it may even be dubbed in um, and go from there. You can also read the manga or the light novel if it's uh, available. But um, other than segues such as that or avenues like that, it's really cold reading. And um, I would say definitely be a proficient cold reader um, and actor and have a good formula and structure to go by uh, should you pursue or find yourself in the midst of creating some anime. That's crazy. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, I mean, everyone everyone's doing something in that uh, in that system. We're all a cog in that machine. And these days, there's so much anime being produced that that machine's got to be running well-oiled or else we're going to have some problems. Um, so for background characters, for uh, bit characters that just, you know, will show up, like, you know, your shopkeeper, you know, whatever NPC kind of character shows up, uh, you got to be ready to just, boom, do it. And really the same thing still goes with your main characters, your supporting roles, and uh, your you know guest appearances or whatever they may be called. Uh, you're expected to be ready to roll. Um, and that's, I mean, that's kind of the bottom line because production, just like the world, is going to keep on spinning, baby. All right, so, and being, just being expected to roll right away, you guys have zero expectation to like, read the original source, whether it was the manga or a light novel, you guys just have to, you know, feel that character and then you just have to do it. You got that right. Wow. Now it might not have been that way back in the day when, um, you know, anime was very new and, you know, you'd have like um, some title or another that had been out for some years or was some years ahead where you would have plenty of time to catch up, not to mention tons of material to go over. Um, so back then it may have been in a bit of a different process, but nowadays it's, uh, you, you know, be on the money, please. <laughs> wow. yeah. Now it's not to say that there's any, like, it's not to say that there's like zero wiggle room. Um, not, and I don't want to make it sound like it's a grand amount of space that you have to wiggle either. Uh, but, uh, not everyone is going to get a, a, a perfect one take, mm -hmm. but, um, 
you know, you're going to get some direction as a talent. And then, you know, you better hope you not hope aim to get it on the second take at the very least. <laughs> yeah. It'll, can it take more than that? Sure. But um, time is money, essentially. Yes. Right. Isn't that the truth? Mm -hmm. It is fun, though. Uh, it's it's a hell of a good time. And um, everyone's very supportive. So um, I think no matter how that process may sound, it is, you know, very great and uh, a blessing every time we get to go in and make some magic happen. What was your first role as a voice actor and how exactly did you come across it? Oh, all right. So um, my first role as a voice actor was for a, uh, a tour. Um, Gray Line Tours, I believe, and they're somewhere in Texas, possibly San Antonio. Uh, I haven't been on the tour, I, well, at least not physically anyway. Um, but um, this guy, this awesome engineer that taught me a lot, um, his name was uh, Gary Lawn, Gary Oscar Lawn. Very, um, very thoughtful, very wise um, sound guru. And he was the uh, he was a sound engineer for a film I was in called uh, Strangers at the Door, uh, previously known as uh, Waiting for the Storm. Um, let's see. He I think it was like the first or second day. He just realized I had a nice voice, as people put it, and asked if I had done any voice acting. I said, um, you know, I'm represented and uh, I can voice act. I just haven't done much on paper yet. And he said, okay, I've got something for you. Um, after we're done with this, uh, we can set up a day to go to my studio and we can work on this stuff. I was like, all right, cool, man. Got to know him, headed out to his studio. And uh, I did like I did like some narration basically for the tours. It was, uh, I mean, I did different voices. One was like a regular voice. Another one was like uh, older uh, African-American gentleman. And then I did like a country voice too, I think. And um, nice. from there on, it was just like working with him pretty often. Uh, I would do that. I'd come over to his place and do some Foley with him. Uh, we would uh, we would practice dubbing things here and there. And uh, there was some other stuff I did with him, but he gave me my first job. He gave me my first work. And he taught me a lot about audio engineering, like from the ground up. Mm -hmm. And uh, the different uh, parts of that system that I could expect to use and uh, use or uh, get from my home studio. So um, yeah, that was my my first uh, voice acting job, and I'll never forget it. I'm very thankful for that guy. So when it came to anime, what was your first acting role on that one? Let's see, anime. My very first anime role was Boo in uh, Ryoma, The Prince of Tennis, the movie. So I thought that was really awesome. And um, uh, yeah, when I got it, I was so stoked. I mean, it was something that I had been gunning for. And uh, I was I was just, I, I was shocked when I got the audition. I was very thankful, did my best. And uh, I was just super pleased when I got cast as as that character as well, because it was my first audition with that particular studio. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was Sound Cadence. Um, yeah, even thinking back, I'm like, man. So um, 
Ryoma, the Prince of Tennis, of course, is for the Prince of Tennis franchise. And that was a CGI anime movie that had uh, been debuted in Japan and then some years later in North America. Uh, so I kind of like checked off a bunch of boxes all at the same time. Anime, uh, a film, an anime film that's in theaters, and it was CGI. So I was like, all right, cool. Moving right along. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the director, Howard Wang, a uh, super sweet dude. Uh, he's in a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm sure a lot of his fans know him for like Genshin Impact. He might be in, I think he's in Honkai Star Rail. Um, he's helped well, he, he directs all of the new prince of tennis dubs so he's always busy and he's in a lot of different titles as well just and he's just an amazingly sweet dude from like uh just you know i guess the same humble beginnings as a lot of us yeah uh, very meticulous hard worker and he was very uh, welcoming and uh, easy to work with and um he just said hey man you did a perfect audition that's why you got it and i was like all right man cool i'm forever thankful to you bro <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was my first one. And, uh, since then I've gotten like two other tennis players. So that might be a tight guess. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. I know I haven't personally watched it, but I did see your post about it that you did with the clip and man, did it sound like you voiced that person perfectly? I, I was like, yeah, I, I really need to go watch it, but we've been keeping up with all of our reviews that we've been doing on anime. I just haven't been able to sit down and watch it. So it, it's next on my list. Hey, there's a ton of anime out there, dude. I don't think. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I don't even want to talk about next season. That's <laughs> Oh, my goodness. It's going to be lit. <laughs> Seriously. For sure. um, are there any other characters that really hold a special place for you besides, like, your first ones? Man, it's, it's interesting because, um, really, I love all the characters that I've voiced from small to big from back when to very recent. I mean, they all have a special place in my heart for sure. Uh, for maybe one reason for maybe for a multitude of reasons, uh, like Boo and Ryoma clearly, you know, um, and then, uh, Twisted Kayun and Hell's Paradise. Uh, that was something that was incredible to me, but, uh, even, um, smaller roles, like, um, there's this soldier that I played, or like a guard in um, Beast Tamer. And that was one of the first, one of the first few roles where I used my regular voice, but it was in a role where I could really like, just put that intensity behind it that I wanted to. And in the final cut, I think my last line had a bit of reverb on it. And I was like, oh yeah, man, that's what I'm talking about right there. I just love that. Um, and there's a, like another one, I think it's a Natsumi's Book of Friends where uh, me and one of my closest friends out here, Devon Oliver, we played these little yokai in um, an episode. And it was just a funny scene that we got to do together, but it was our first scene together. And me and him had been uh, on this journey, kind of um, uh, kind of congruently, I guess, if that's the right word, or parallel, uh, whatever the case is. Um, it was our first role together, and we had kind of been coming up together. And, you know, he's like a brother to me, so to have a, a scene with him, I mean, I, I really love that. I know he does, too. What up, Devon? So, um, uh, and then there's other ones. Like, let's see. Let's see. Omasa is fun as hell. Uh, every, <laughs> every time that I get to go in and record with Anthony Bowling and um, Derek, they always say Omasa in, um, 
and uh, what's his mentor's name? It's like this little old dude in, in his voice. Like, it's just funny. I'll go in, they'll be like, oh, Masar. And I'm like, yeah, oh, yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Sean, man, Sean Gann is so, is so cool. Like, um, his whole story, like, his demeanor, everything about him, how friendly he is, just, like, working with him is always awesome. So um, anytime I've gotten to work with him on a show, be it directly or indirectly, I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. So when I got to play, um, what's his name? Sammy Jones in um, Sugar Apple Fairy Tale, I was like, man, this is awesome. I get to work directly with Sean. And uh, it was just fun. And he was just... He was one of those, you know, those bastard characters that I play. So um, <laughs> I, I, it was it was much more challenging with him because his sense of like evil was something that I think could hit home with anybody. And I just said to myself, all right, you know, you really got to lean into this for it to be a, a, a believable and great performance. Just, you know, take a shower afterwards and you can watch that movie. <laughs> <right off. laughs> um. Man, what other what other characters are there? Uh, Heatwave and Plastic Man. Oh man, I love them. Um, Heatwave and Plastic Man. They were my first video game characters, and they're in DC Universe Online. And the uh, ep- the DLC or episode of that, uh, it was all about like Heatwave stuff. So like there was Heatwave um, wardrobe stuff that players could buy from the shop. Nice. Um, and I got uh, some cinematic scenes with him, and I got to use one of my favorite voices. Um, and then Plastic Man, I got to kind of show like the higher range of my voice, and it was it's like a silly voice, but um, he is a silly some bitch, so uh, I really wow. enjoyed them. And um, Plastic Man, um, I got to reprise him recently. No, just loving oh. loving you talking about all your characters. Oh. <laughs> yeah, like when you bring them up, I can almost distinctly just picture you playing these characters. I'm like, oh man, that's I can absolutely see this. Like I was watching. Uh, Dead Mount Death Play yesterday, and oh, yeah. like talking to you, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, 100 can just <laughs> see this happening right now. It's it's super awesome. I'm loving loving having this conversation with you. Thank you, man. Thank you very much. Um, and yeah, Corpse God and Dead Mount Death Play. That's um, that's definitely one of my top favorites. He um, he's he comes across as a bastard to everyone that he encounters in the show. But um, he's really a very, for me, super understandable character. Um, he's been through or endured a lot of strife. And it seems really that he doesn't necessarily aim to be, um, you know, he doesn't necessarily aim to be a menace, but that's how he's been interpreted by his society. And that's how he's been treated. But no matter what, he still aims to be the best and to survive. So, um there he was, the corpse god. Uh, going so far as to do the craziness that he did in order to just get some peace, some serenity, some quiet. <laughs> uh, and that one's really cool because he's kind of like um, he's kind of like the pharaoh to Yugi Moto. He's like possessing the main character and being able to share that that lead role with Morgan Berry. That's really cool with me. For with me, like. Mm-hmm. Um, Morgan Berry, they uh, they coached me at one point, and I've always really in, uh, admired their work. So uh, sharing that role and that title with them is pretty – it's a lot of fun. I'm enjoying that. And Corpse God just kind of looks badass to begin with. 
Like, that's not a shiny Pokemon you want to encounter. (laughs) (laughs) No Master Balls are going to attain this one. Uh, let's see. What other characters are there? Are there? Are there other are there characters? Oh, Leon, Leon and Ninja and Fushin. Man, he was really cool. Um, he showed up in the first episode of a uh, Ninja and Fushin. Had like a line and a really long ass laugh, and I was like, cool. Maybe we'll see him again. Maybe not. And then he showed up sooner than I was ever expecting, and um, he had like a three episode stretch that was really awesome. Uh, he. Was a, he was a cool anti-hero, and uh, or anti-hero, whatever. Place. <laughs> yeah. And um, uh, he had this episode that was focused on him and how he ended up being who he was, and that really was something that resonated with me because of the, um, the some of the poor experiences that he endured. I've I've had my share of experiences in life, and mm-hmm. uh, funny enough. Um, all those experiences, whether we appreciate them more or less back then, that leads you to where you are right now. And where I am right now, I'm, I feel extremely blessed for, as I've said. Uh, so I'm glad that I was able to apply those experiences to his, um, his big episode like that. And I, it was very important to me to make sure that um, I could do his character justice. Oh, I definitely think you could do his character justice. That was... I'm not going to lie. When I first saw him come in, he wasn't one of my favorite characters. But by the end of his stretch, oh, man, you just feel for him. And it was just you you did really good on his voice. I can just say that much. I loved it. Thank you. Huh. I mean, hearing stuff like that, that's that's why we do these things, man. Mm-hmm. Thank you so, so, so much. On the other hand of voice acting, it does come with its own sets of challenges. Can you share some of the maybe hurdles that you face and what you've done to overcome them? Oh, uh, let's see. Some of the hurdles. I mean, time is always something I wish I had more of. Uh, <laughs> uh, not only am I a voice actor, but I also am a dad. Um, I have my foster daughter. And um, that requires a lot of time uh, at home. Um, and uh, being able to manage that basically as a single dad um, is, uh, well, it's time consuming. Uh but thankfully, uh, the folks that I work with are now very understanding of things like that. And um, she's managed to meet folks and make new friends. And um, I'm very happy for her. And I'm happy that it works out well. <laughs> I'm happy that folks are understanding of that. That's really awesome. I, I know I can really appreciate that. My background's in social work and child welfare. So oh. kudos to you. I, I really I really enjoy the fact and even respect you even more now that I know that. And the same goes to you, because uh, I know how much work goes into that and, um, you know, how how much energy you have to spend and be careful of not becoming a self-martyr on top of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so kudos to you, my friend. Thank you. <laughs> uh, let's see if there are other challenges. And I think as a as a society, we're still processing through them and uh, things have gotten a lot better. Um, hasn't been easy for some folks. Um, who find themselves uh, maybe like on the fringes or on the outskirts of a society for one reason or another. And uh, that's definitely a, a shared experience with me. I've, I could definitely go on about some of the interactions that I had and some of the frustrations that I had back in the day. Mm-hmm. But um, I just, I guess I could just never give up. And who 
I wanted to be and what I love was just everything to me. I wasn't willing to just let go of that. Uh, I wasn't willing to let go of what inspired me so much as a kid and what I love to watch, what I love to help create with others. So um, I just kept sticking with it, uh, no matter how uh, how disgruntled uh, or uh, downtrodden things had, things may have been. Uh, and in the recent years, uh, thankfully, people have become more aware, more understanding, and willing to find solutions for things like that. Um, there's, <laughs> I think it's, um, what's his saying? Brothers in anime? Like, every time I see Bill Butts get something, I'm like, yep catchphrase time brothers and anime <laughs> love it <laughs> i love that <laughs> um i think in fact devon he went to a convention the other day and um every everyone that was going by like some of the brothers would see us um and they'd be like oh man you in this show and he'd be like yeah they're like oh damn brothers and anime that's cool so like it was inspiring for them their kids and I mean, I, I hope that, you know, at some point we can reach Utopia or something. I don't know. But I'm just glad things are getting a lot better for folks. Yes. And, that, um, you know, there's just opportunity for everyone. Earlier, you had mentioned that you had a home studio. Um, something that's been crossing my mind, like, how do voice actors, like, how do they get around? Are you guys, like, 100% expected to be at an actual studio like Crunchyroll? Or how much can you potentially do from home? Or is technology mm. even that good? What's... Where do you stand in all this? Well, you know, um, the pandemic that we all experienced uh, changed everything. Um, and it became essential for folks to work remotely. Uh, that way everyone could stay safe uh, or at least mitigate risk. Um, uh, working from home as a voice actor um, is, you know, it's great. Like, I'm glad that people can do that. Uh, when it comes to working with some studios, they want you to be in, in studio, in-house. And that's very understandable. Um, there's plenty of reasons for that, like, you know, being able to work directly with somebody. That way you can build that connection with them and work through that process in a more, uh, what's the word, like holistic manner or more effective manner. Mm -hmm. um, there's also the, the, like, managing on the engineering point is or from the engine from the engineer's perspective there's a lot more to manage when it comes to folks using various types of equipment whereas if they're all using the same equipment in the same environment you've got basically a nice foundation to work with and you're not constantly having to adjust all these custom variables if i may um now when it comes to auditioning from home for one thing or another you're expected to you know use your home studio or use whichever studio you, that may be available to you. You may, you know, go rent one or rent some time at one or use a friend's, et cetera, but you're expected to have access to that studio and be able to use it. That way the folks you're working with know what to expect from you. Um, uh, do I wish that it was a little bit easier? Yeah, I mean, I wish that everything was easier all the time for everyone. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> but yeah. um, I think that uh, being able to work from home is great. Um, there's nothing wrong with it. It saves plenty of overhead, but um, there's a lot of reasons that may not be super apparent to one person or another why working in studio also has its great benefits too. Um, yeah, so when it comes to me, it's it's all a matter of um, 
the, the the various factors as you go day by day for each event what what better suits one project or another definitely makes a lot of sense uh, i kind of was kind of curious about that too because you start seeing all these different things i have a buddy at work that he does uh voiceovers for audiobooks and mm. he has his own little setup so i know that's a different world from what you're doing so he does but similar yeah yeah so I, that, that makes a lot of sense for coming from what you're saying well thank you yeah i'm glad <laughs> Um, so something I'm curious about, you had talked about, you know, brothers in anime talking about kind of shaping all these people. Um, how does mm-hmm. it feel just knowing that your performances have touched so many people from your Dude. end? Yeah. Like, um, no matter who I always, am just glad that there's someone out there who enjoys the performances and that I'm doing my part as the cog in the machine. Uh, every once in a while, I mean, I'll get on crunchyroll.com, it's sleuthing on there, looking at the episodes I'm in, I'll just scroll down to the comments and see what people have said about my characters. I play a lot of assholes. So whenever I see something like, oh man, I, I freaking hate Sammy Jones, that's some bitch, I can't stand him, such and such, I'm like, you're damn right. <laughs> um yeah i'm very glad that people like can be inspired to be like hey man like not only do i love this story but look there are people out there just like me who are doing that stuff there's people out there who live here that are doing that stuff uh just being able to even be in front of somebody and they say like man i really love what you did I say, man, thank you very much. And um, if that's something you want to do, you could do it too. But whatever you want to do, just you know, be your best, stay healthy, stay happy, and um, yeah, that's about the bottom line. Because um, I know how that stuff made me feel. Um, my childhood wasn't exactly very easy, and uh, having that outlet and these shows and even promos to teach me a thing or two. Um, you know, behind the mask of just like violence and shit like that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's something that's going to stick with me forever. I can't imagine a a world where I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z on Toonami. I can't imagine a world without the amazing Toonami promos like uh, Broken Promises Dreams from the the awesome Steve Bloom and all them. Um, I I can't... Right, right. And they had they had an anniversary recently. I think it was like the 25th anniversary of like the Broken Promises Dreams uh, promo. It's legendary. Oh, uh, man. But um, a long time. Making me feel mm-hmm. old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We're, we're all in this together. <laughs> well, like knowing that I may be able to do the same thing for some kids out there or whoever out there, like that's, that's what I, that's what I enjoy the most. That's why I I love doing it. And it's a a lot of fun. So I'm happy. I'm happy with that. So lastly, what can we expect from you in the future? Like any exciting projects or aspirations that you'd like to share or can share? Yeah, man. Uh, Let's see. So um, uh, the, one of the coolest ones right now is uh, another movie. So um, I got to play a uh, Bakamoso in um, Psychopaths Providence. Uh, Psychopaths is like dope. 
And mm-hmm. I remember I was sleeping on that for a little while. I, I saw it. I started watching it. And I was like, oh, I'm just going to keep watching Attack on Titan. And then I just let it chill there for a while. And I went on to watch things like A Comet Got Kill, Psycho, uh, Parasite, uh, rewatched Inuyasha, <laughs> um, all kinds of stuff. And the Psychopaths kind of took a back seat. But then the pandemic and the quarantine happened. And I was like, oh, man, I remember Psychopaths. So um, I binged that. And I love Senin. So um, it was right up my alley. I watched the uh, first two seasons. I watched the, the movie. And I went, man, I, I sure can't wait to see some more of that. Uh, and then time went by. <laughs> um, recently, Sinners of the System came out. Uh, some of my friends, like uh, Bradley Gareth, are in that one. And uh, then I discovered that the third season, or whatever the case is, uh, is on um, Amazon Prime as well. Uh, so that's that had been hiding on there from me for some time. <laughs> I've been watching that uh, in anticipation of getting to see the new film. Um, it comes out in uh, English dubs on July 14th in theaters worldwide. Uh, you'll get Ooh. to see uh, the characters reprised, and you'll get to hear me as Bakamoso, and I do some interesting stuff. I can't wait to see the comments on that one. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, I I can say this because it is already released. So um, there's a game called DC Dual Force. Uh, really, you're just hearing it first now because I haven't posted it anywhere, but uh, I got to voice uh, Cyborg Doomsday and um, Solomon Grundy. Sorry, Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy. Um, and they're, they're characters in the game. Um, it was a lot of fun to do that one. One of my favorite directors, Joe Miller. Uh, he, me and him just meshed and clicked like that. Uh, one of my favorite guys to work with ever. And um, yeah, the beta, uh, it was released recently. And then I believe they're going to do another one soon. And the game will be out this summer, I believe. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can check that. You can check some of the streamer results for that on YouTube, uh, maybe on Twitch. Uh, I'm sure some folks played with Cyborg because I heard Cyborg was cracked at that time. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think in the tutorial, you may hear Solomon Grundy. You may hear a uh, little Cyborg. And uh, yeah, make sure you play with them because those are the best cards in the whole in the whole like game. So oh, yeah, they're, you they're know cool. it. cyborg's always been a little bit of a fan favorite from like teen titans it's just he's always been such a badass and i always liked his his blasters and he was always a fun Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i I had a lot of fun working on him because i got to do a lot of improv with him uh whenever you get to do improv or or uh, come up with some funny or interesting line um that's that's just the uh golden ticket that's that organic material so uh, I really enjoyed voicing him. Um, I can't wait for more people to get to play that game. <laughs> well, that'll be exciting. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. I do have well, another question. Yeah. So everybody's got their own favorite anime. Do you want to share mm. your all-time favorite anime? Dude, I. whenever I get asked that, I always say the same thing. Uh, unfortunately, it's just not a fair question. I can't come up it's with just fair. one anime. There's so many anime that mean so much to me for so many various reasons. Um, but I can name a few. Um, Give us a few. I try to just start listening to uh, Dragon Ball Z, Attack on Titan, Pokemon. Uh, let's see. Shinsekai Yori. Loved that. Akira. 
Oh man, those are those are definitely the top ones. Uh, Samurai X and Roni Kenshin. Oh, um, Madoka Magica. Love that. Uh, Erased. I uh, just got in a debate with one of or a few of my closest friends about Erased, and I won. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I guess uh, there's quite a few. There's probably a lot more that I'm not even like remembering right now because as soon as you think about that, it's just like. Uh, Inuyasha, oh, yeah. definitely Inuyasha. Yu Yu Hakusho, um, da, 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 a Kamega Kill, and uh, hopefully one day a Kamega Kill can get reanimated as well. Get that Neon Genesis Evangelion treatment. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Um, the first season of The Promised Neverland was one of my favorites. First uh, season, yes. Yeah, yeah, we won't talk about <laughs> season two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some folks like it, and that's okay. I like the manga more after first season ends. Yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Let's see. That's probably that's probably the meat of it for now. Uh, I'm sure after we after we hang up, then I'll start going. Oh yeah, but uh, those are definitely the ones <laughs> off the top of my head. Nice. I mean, you just rattled off a bunch of them like it was no big deal. So <laughs> <laughs> that's enough right much. there. Yeah. So kind of going off his question. Um, is there any character that if you had the opportunity to that you could play what would which one would it be hmm uh well you know the characters that have been established the reasons one of the main reasons that i and people love them so much is because they were portrayed so well they were done so well um there's there's no question in my mind that that well how can I phrase this? I can't imagine them being done differently, really. Um, so I love every performance that I've loved. <laughs> and that's so many of them. <laughs> but um, let's see. If there was one in the future, golly, I feel like I've already, I feel like I've already reached that point now. <laughs> I'm not, I guess the short answer is I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm really not too sure. But um, maybe maybe something in one of my top favorite game series actually disgaea or if there was another disgaea anime i'd love to be a character in that franchise uh it's one of my it's one of my top favorite uh, video games uh disgaea mm-hmm. hour of darkness the original and um it's one of my top favorite franchises as well so if it was a character in that no matter how big or small man i'd love that that'd be badass that'd be awesome mm-hmm. well we do, uh, we do appreciate you coming on. We really can't wait to see what the future holds for you. And thank you for sharing all the insights, all the experience that you have, and just everything with us. I mean, it's been awesome talking with you. Uh, but yeah, I do appreciate uh, being on y'all's show. I'm glad I could be part of it. Uh, it's been fun. I'm, I'm happy y'all can listen to me ramble on a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> it's been for our sure. pleasure, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely. For sure. And there you have it, everyone. Uh, just a glimpse into the world of anime voice acting from uh, from the talented William. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode of Behind the Mic. And until next time, keep supporting your favorite anime and the incredible voice actors who bring those characters to life. And as always, follow and like the anime show for up-to-date anime news and memes. <laughs>